I want to share with you some thoughts today as we, as we talk about this, uh, this Easter celebration here. And I've had it up here, uh, Easter Operation Rescue to Heaven. There's just uh, one scripture. I have several I'd like to share with you in the time we have left today. But just as a main springboard here for us in 2 Corinthians chapter 14, we can read here. Uh, if you'd like to... Um, that we know that God who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and present us with him together with you. So just as the Lord raised up, as, as God raised up Jesus Christ, we have this promise in the Bible that we also, those who believe in the, in the Lord Jesus Christ, will be raised up also and will be able to be in heaven. We'll be able to see God, be allowed to be in heaven, enabled to be there. Like I said, we've been in a series here on these uh, about talking about heaven, the eternal destiny of those who have counted all the costs, really, that, uh, and what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. The Bible reveals to us that salvation or eternal life in Jesus is free to us. You've heard that, I'm sure, many times. That salvation is free. It's a free gift in the Lord. We cannot earn it. We cannot buy it. It's, uh, that is... Uh, only Jesus could pay the eternal punishment on the cross for us. We didn't have the means or the ability to pay. We don't have that, that ability to pay for our own sins. He suffered for something that we did for our sin and rebellion against God. I heard someone say recently, and it was so good, he said, we are the blame for the cross, you and I. We are the one. We are, the, we are the, to blame for Jesus' cross not God. This is the primary way, though, loved ones, that God chose to demonstrate his love for us. First of all, how do I know God loves me? We just have to look at Jesus. Jesus is the demonstration of God's love for us. He loves us in some other ways, but the main way, the main way that Jesus, or that God loves us, is by looking at what Jesus did for us and how he sent his son for us. To pay for something that wasn't his fault, God paid for our sins, which wasn't his fault. He decided to pay the entire cost of it. Matter of fact, Charles Wesley, uh, an old hymn writer, writes it this way. He says, Amazing love, how can it be that you, my king, or my God, should die for me? <clears throat> History tells us that it was the Jewish and the Roman authorities who, that actually crucified the Son of God. But it was the devil who prompted them, of course. But ultimately, it was the plan of the Creator Ultimately, it was the plan of, of God, the Father God, to sacrifice his son's life and to shed his blood on the cross in our place. You see, loved ones, um, there have been people tortured and martyred before Jesus, um, but uh, only, only Jesus' death on the cross, only his resurrection were able to make a way to heaven for you and me. Only Jesus' life, sacrifice on the cross, can make a way to heaven for you and me. Someone has to pay for your rebellion against God, has to pay for my rebellion against God. Somebody has to pay for it. And it will either be you or it'll be me or it'll be Jesus. And you don't want to try to pay for your own sins. You don't want to do that. You, you can't do it. If you die and have to go to face God without someone paying for your sins, you'll never be able to pay them off. You'll be separated God forever. You don't want to pay. You don't want to try that. Only Jesus paid, can pay for your sins. And I would strongly advise and encourage you to, to allow him to pay your debt. Allow Jesus to pay your debt to Almighty God. You, you, you can't pay the price fully because you're a sinner. 
I'm, I'm a sinner, but Jesus never sinned, and his life was the perfect sacrifice to pay the entire bill, to pay your entire bill. When we surrender our lives to the will of God and believe in God's only way, his only truth, his only life, in other words, when we believe in this Jesus, we are, we are forgiven of not just some sins, but the Bible says we're forgiven of all our sins uh, that we committed in all of our life. All the long record, loved ones, of every sin that you've ever committed against God and others, every lie, every unkind word, every cheating moment, every obscene thought and act, every stealing moment, every blasphemy, every foolish thing, you name it, in Jesus it can be erased from God's record. Amen. <clears throat> Erased forever. There's nothing we can do or buy to receive this gift, though, the Bible tells us. We, we can't, there's nothing we can do to earn it. Nothing we can do to, to buy it from God. We simply have to, the Bible says, believe in our mind and in our heart or our, our soul. Don't forget you have a soul. <laughs> a culture tries to tell us that we don't have souls, but we do. The Bible says we do. But the, and we need to believe in our mind as well as our soul. Um, you know, that again, you say, well, what is the soul? It's that part of you, loved one, that, that understands truth and error, that understands right and wrong, that understands good and evil. That's, that's what your soul is. The Bible says we must believe in our mind that God exists and that he's a rewarder of those who will seek him. In the book of Hebrews, I think I have it up here on the screen for you. It's impossible to please God, the writer says. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who will sincerely seek him. And so we have to believe in our mind that he exists. But there's something else we have to do. The writer says we have to seek him. And the seeking is one way of saying we need to believe we have to believe um, the seeking is what expresses our heart. The seeking is what touches our soul. If you are concerned enough to act seriously in seeking God, you're going to be concerned to want to please him if only he'll forgive you. You know, people come to God and say, God, please forgive me, but then just go on living the way they want to live. Well, that's not sincerity. That's not seeking him. That's not really believing him either. The Bible says that when you really believe him, you're going to want to stop living in a way that displeases him. That's what true believing is. There's the believing of the mind, but then there's a believing of the soul, the Bible teaches us. Both are necessary, and the mind's not enough. The Bible tells us that the devil believes in God, but he's not going to make it to heaven. It starts in the mind, but it has to end up in the soul where... Your behavior is affected, your lifestyle is affected, where you want to glorify God with your life instead of living contrary to Him. Amen. You see, my friends, there, there's just no way you can jump over the fence that separates you from God. You can keep trying and trying to be good enough, but you'll be disappointed and discouraged because your sins are just too heavy. You're just too heavy on you. There's no way you can jump over the fence to be where he's at. It's like a huge weight on your shoulders defeating you and just weighing you down. Now, now, if you don't know him, you're on this side of the fence and you're under his wrath. The Bible says that your sin and rebellion against him just scream out for judgment. And the Bible says that the the wrath of God is against the wicked every day and he holds back his judgment and his doom because his love, because of his great love for us and hopes that you will see your need of help, of rescue, that you need to be rescued from this world which is under his sentence of death. There is just no hope 
for this world. Surviving, my friends, it's going gonna, it's gonna to pass away. It's, it's sentenced to destruction, and it's just a matter of God's timing and God's, God's clock. And the Bible tells us that today, if you hear his voice, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. But, but you know, you may be thinking, Pastor, <clears throat> uh, I never hear God's voice. I don't really know what you're talking about. I never hear God's voice. Um, you know, uh, I think you do. I think you've listened. I think you've heard it many times. I think all of us have heard his voice many times. Uh, you just didn't recognize it. You didn't recognize it. Um, ser- serious questions that you've pondered the answers to for your life, for example. Well, there was a, there was a time in Jesus' life when uh, just after uh, the triumphal entry that we celebrated last week, where he was talking about how he was going to be going to the cross. And he said, Father, glorify your name. Matter of fact, I think I have it up here for you. Um, he said, now my soul is deeply troubled. He said, and uh, uh, what should I say? Father, save me from this hour. But this is the very reason I came. So, Father, bring glory to your name. And then a voice spoke from heaven saying, I have already brought glory to my name and I will do it again. And when the crowd heard the voice, some thought it was thunder. Hear the God, they heard the God's voice, but they thought, well, it's just thundering. <laughs> it's the same way for us. And a lot of times we, God has spoken to us, but we don't, uh, we didn't recognize it. Some of those serious questions we have are his voice trying to get our attention. Uh, voice, uh, que- questions like, why was I born? Questions like, what's my purpose and meaning in life? Uh, what's really, how do I really know what's right and wrong? Um, I mean, you may be jolly and you may have fun in public. You may be the kind of the, the center of attention, you know, uh, but you have doubts about your life when you're all by yourself, when you're lying in bed at night. You wonder about things about your life and particularly about, you know, um, the future. Maybe you might be afraid of the future, especially when you face what we all will ultimately have to face, and that is death. And that's, you know, what will happen to me when I die? You know, why was I born? Those are important questions, but the, maybe the more serious one is, what will happen to me when I die? Seriously, friends, if suddenly we were all faced with certain death, if in this room somehow something happened and we knew death was coming in five minutes, we just knew it, that's when you really know. That's when you know, um, you know, if you're ready or not, if you're, if you're, um, if you, when it's staring you in the face, do you have the courage and the inner security to face it? It's a serious question. I can guarantee you that in Hollywood, <clears throat> Hollywood never portrays people's feelings correctly when they're just about to die. I tell you, I've seen a lot of these shows right here. I tell you, I've seen right now when I go visit my dad and my aunt on Thursdays. I take care of my dad as he's 92 and has some dementia problems. And, but when they have lunch, the TV's always on and it's gun smoke. They're always watching gun smoke. I mean, we've, we've, I, I've been going now there for three years and I think we've seen that same episode many times. They just keep rolling them, you know. But I can guarantee you one time, every, I mean, for one, one thing for sure, whenever uh, Matt guns down somebody, you know, because he was defending himself or whatever, defending the, you know, the weak, he... Um, they're lying there and they have this noble death of, you know, they, you know, something where they... That's not real. Death staring you in the face. You know what they're thinking? Is there a preacher? Is there someone who knows God? Can someone help me? 
I'm getting ready to face the unknown. I, I don't think I'm ready to meet God. I, <laughs> that's what people are really thinking. Yeah. And when, when, you, when you come to that fence, you know, when you come to that, that fence that, that separates you from God, we, we know right now we're in the land of the doomed, but we know that on the other side, that's the land of God. In heaven's the land of God. It's the land of eternal life, joy and blessing. The, the Lord will say to you, he said, I, I, I cannot lift you over this fence until you are ready to let go of those sins that are weighing you down. You cannot bring those smelly, dirty things of sin into this land of mine. <laughs> those attitudes of rebelling against me, those selfish desires to live life your way, those uncertainties about me that cause you doubts, those, those cannot abide where I am. You must be willing to participate with me. You have to trust me. You cannot conquer the power that sin has on you. You can't conquer that on your own. Only I can do that for you, but you must not hold on to your sins either. You have to let go of them and let me take them. Let me take them away from you. Let me change your life. You must surrender to me and I'll cut the straps. I'll cut the straps that'll hold all that putrid rebellion to your life. Only then will it fall from your life and I'll, and I'll make you new. I'll make you new. Then I will lift you up over the fence into eternal life. <laughs> I cannot give you the new life until you trade in the old one. <laughs> I can't give you a new life until you trade in the old one. That, my friends, is called faith. Faith is simply believing that Jesus did die for you. It's believing that he did die for you and that God's plan of salvation in Christ is your only hope. You have to believe that. Faith is saying in your heart, God, I give up. You're right. I'm wrong. And I mean it. <laughs> I mean it. I don't want to live my life apart from you anymore. I don't want to try to get to heaven by dragging parts of this sinful world there. It won't work anyway. And that attitude, my friend, is, is the seeking part that enables you to receive from God. That's the faith. That's the attitude you have to have if you want to receive from God, if you want to receive His power and His presence. That submission of your heart, that surrender of your will to His rulership over your life. That faith opens the door for God to do amazing things in your life. The Apostle Paul, he said it this way. He said it this way in Romans 10. He said it, If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. So let me try to wind this up. Let me try to wrap this up for you. Believing means trusting in God's existence, that, that he's real, and that Jesus is his son who died and rose from the dead, providing a way for your sins to be forgiven, and a way... For, for when you die in this world to receive a brand new body, an eternal body. Easter means that just as Jesus rose from the dead, conquering death, so those who trust in him will also conquer death in the end. And that's why the Bible says, you know, death, 
is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where's your sting? Oh, death, uh, you know, for sting is the, is, is the, is the, is the, uh, uh, for sin is the, is the sting that results in death. And the law gives sin its power. But thanks be to God. He gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. The ones, just as we close here, I hope you'll be thinking sincerely that Easter is just a glorious wonder in so many ways. It, it proves that although Jesus paid for our sins with his death on the cross, it proves that death couldn't hold on to him. Uh, death was kind of like a fisherman if you will, catching the prize fish in the lake. On a sharp hook and a strong line, death caught Jesus that way. It was sharp, it was strong. Jesus was in the grave three days, the Bible says, but then death tried to take Jesus off the hook. Have you ever tried to take a fish off the hook? He, Jesus was just too slippery. <laughs> too slippery and strong. And he got, he got loose of death. Amen. He was too strong, too slippery. Death couldn't hold him. So Easter proves the authenticity of Jesus' death on the cross. And now that he lives forever. Amen. And those who will truly believe with mind and with soul can know their sins are forgiven. And that being made brand new uh, with, a, with a longing to, to see God and to know God. And you're guaranteed that this far country here is not your final home. But that you're going to go and be with him where he is in eternity. So really Easter is truly God's operation rescue for us. You know I mentioned that Jesus paid the price of our salvation. And there's one price though he will not pay. There's one price he will not pay. Only you can pay it. Only I can pay it. It's that price to love him. To decide to love him. To decide to follow him. To be one of his. To learn and to grow as one of his disciples. And to act like a stranger here in this world. This far country. And looking for a city whose builder is God. Amen. That's the price we pay. Learning to love him. Learning how to, to express our love to him. Know him and enjoy him. So I say Happy Easter to you all. And uh, if you would like to know more about Jesus or you want to understand more about what it means to make a commitment to him, I just, um, I'll be up here in the front for a while. If you just want to come on up here, I'll be glad to talk to you. And uh, if you want to pray, I'll be glad to pray with you also. Let's pray. Father, thank you so very much for this day that you've given us, this specific day, Lord, in our lives when we have been able to hear the gospel. We've been able to mold it over in our minds and hearts when your spirit's been kind of throwing it all around at us. Thank you for this good day of, of, um, of knowing that Jesus died for us and that he rose again for us as well. That, Lord, uh, his resurrection proves that uh, you authenticated, you approved of his, of his work on the cross. And Lord, we have this promise that now for those who believe in him will have not only their sins forgiven, but will have eternal life in a brand new body someday when this life ends here. I pray, Lord, if there's to be anybody here who is interested or at least thinking about knowing you, that they'd have the courage to seek you the courage to pursue you by reading the Bible and by attending a good Bible-believing church someplace. Pray that you'll help maybe those who are thinking right now that they want to know more about Jesus. 
Help them to, uh, to not let that desire slip, slip away from them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Lord bless you. Let's stand together. Thank you so much for your kindness, your kind attention today. And uh, hope that your afternoon is beautiful and wonderful as you enjoy maybe Easter lunch or dinner with your family. And um, so I say God bless you. And uh, he is risen. Amen.